This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is CJ Beatty. CJ, how's it going? I know we've been working on this for a while, so I'm glad that I finally got you on. I appreciate it, big dog. Yeah, it's, it's been a little minute, but, uh, you know, got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about, I'm sure. So happy to be on. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's just go back in time. Um, <clears throat> what was your, what was your like first memory of uh, playing baseball? First memory of playing baseball just always goes back to t-ball at the very beginning. Um, I mean, that's when times and life was a lot easier, especially now. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was it's t-ball days for me, man. Yeah, no, for sure. And um, <clears throat> I don't know, I don't know, like that's how I picked. Like, I grew up in Connecticut, so I'm like a Yankees fan, mm-hmm. but. Uh, my first team was uh, the Cubs. So like, that was like always my second team. Cause I was like, I was on the Cubs. So like, I was like, you know, Cubs are my second team. So I was like national league that Cubs are my team. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess that's uh, I guess that's okay. Given the fact that I was a Cardinals draft pick, we didn't like the Cubs. So, <laughs> so uh, even hearing you talk about them kind of makes me cringe, but it is what it is at this point. <laughs> that's funny. Um, now, and I was trying to think, uh, I know we've been setting this up. I don't really remember even how we linked up, but I know we've known each other for a while, just like, you know, just kind of through social media and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think social media, I can't pinpoint exactly the time, year, date, uh, but definitely it was, um, it was, it's been some time. And, but I've been able to see from a bird's eye view, um, you grow the the brand and the different, I guess you would say, lack of better words, subsidiaries underneath the brand and everything like that. But uh, I remember a long time ago, dude. I think it's been over five years since I've learned of your brand and uh, and what you were looking to accomplish. And uh, to see where it is today, it's it's it's, it's monumental, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And likewise with you too, like because I just remember when you were just starting out. Um, I think it was probably just like when you finished starting play, uh, stop playing baseball. I mean. And, uh, and you were starting your brand and stuff, and it's been dope as well to see, like, what you've done and all the things you've done. And uh, you do music, and we're going to get into that stuff, and you do, like, everything. And then you, I know you even evolved into uh, getting into softball, too, which I think that was major, too, because mm-hmm. I worked with uh, women's athletes, too, and, I, and that's, like, a field that, like, is kind of still untapped. It's grown a lot now, too. Um, for sure, for so, sure. Yeah, so tell me about, like um, – Tell me like a little bit about your baseball career, um, you know, getting drafted by the Cardinals and uh, and things like that. Uh, I was I was a top baseball player in my little league and uh, I believed people. So I pursued it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, I love playing baseball. It, it grew to be my favorite sport starting at age five, going all the way up to AAU, a.k.a. travel ball. <clears throat> And excelled at that level. And I just kept wanting more and more. I think by the time I got to 13 years of age, I really understood that I wanted to I wanted to become a professional baseball player. I wanted that to be my, my uh, ultimate goal. Uh, so I went off to high school, and I knew that I needed to try to make varsity. That was my next goal, to make varsity as a freshman, which I did. Um, start as a freshman, which I did. 
Uh, and I just kept setting goals, man. And um, I had 65 letters to go to any school in the country for baseball. I was nationally touted as an outfielder. Um, I chose North Carolina A&T State University, about 25 minutes from my house, for obvious reasons. 25 minutes from the house to play D1 baseball and get a full scholarship. Why, why would you go anywhere else? Um, so I chose uh, North Carolina A&T State University. Excelled in baseball there for three years. Cardinals drafted me, and I uh, kickstarted my professional career. Yeah, what, what was that like to fulfill your dream and get drafted? I mean, it's everything, man. Even to this day, I can still, like, I always talk about if I could put it in a bottle and open it up, what that feeling felt like to hear your name called. Um, it's it's everything that you ever want as a baseball player, as a young athlete wanting to get drafted. Hearing your name is almost like job well done from God, you know, <laughs> um, because that's something that you've been, I mean, I was dreaming about getting drafted and calling my name out in stadiums and stuff like that ever since I was eight or nine years old. So to actually hear that over the internet feed, you know, St. Louis Cardinals select um, Christian Beatty out of North Carolina NC State University, dude, it was, it was one of the most slow motion epic days of my life that I can still vividly close my eyes and see. You know, Doritos went everywhere. Like people were like partying and everything, you know. He had a nice little draft party over at the house. So, um, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, that's dope. And then um, I know, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, after COVID, they they cut the draft to six rounds now? Uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's six rounds or not, but I know they cut that sucker like down to almost fourth. So, uh, yeah, it's something like, it's either six rounds or I think 10, it's something, it's something like that. So, all right. So, like, for example, like, that's not, like, you got drafted in the 26th round. Like, that's not even in existence right now. So, like. Yeah, I think, you know, honestly, I think it's the 20. I think they dropped it at, like, 20 rounds or something like that. The reason why I say that is still got enough minor league teams where they need and need players. And I remember quoting this saying, dude, I would have just missed getting drafted according to this new rules because I got drafted at 26th round. Yeah, so. Two part question: How crazy is that that it got cut because it was fifty rounds, and and two like how much do you think there's going to be missed out on players that could potentially you know be all stars or even just like major leaguers for the time being like even if they're twenty fifth men you know like how how much of an impact do you think that's going to just in the future or right now just like how much do you think that's going to uh, I guess burden on some players that may never play minor league baseball. It's it's unfair. It's unfortunate. Um, I get it from the business standpoint because it makes perfect sense from business, saving money, those markets and all that stuff. Um, I get that side of it, seriously. But it is going to cut the head off of a lot of a lot of people's careers because I mean, I was a I was a person that fell victim to it. Talent wise, I was not a 26 round drafter. Talent-wise, I was a top 10 round draft pick, but it had a lot to do with the competition that the scout said I was playing in front of that slid me to the 26. So here I am, a top 10 round um, talent, but because of these new rules, I would have probably went undrafted. I probably I would have went undrafted with these new rules because I got drafted in the 26th round. So there's a lot of people, and if you look back over the – if you look back over – the previous year's drafts all the way to who's made it to the big leagues and 
who's had substantial careers. There's a lot of people that's got drafted beyond the 20th round that have done and moved on and done phenomenal things in the game of baseball. So it's, it's going to leave a hole in the game for sure. Um, where do they go? They, they're going to dump themselves in the independent ball market um, and try their hands at getting signed that way as a free agent, trying to get to the international market and try their hand at getting uh, ex- discovered or um, an opportunity that way. But other than that, there might be some people that's like, you know, if I don't get drafted, dude, I'm hanging them up. I don't feel like chasing the independent market, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I just did some quick research. Yeah. So now there's 20 rounds and two extra supplementary uh, rounds. So about 22. Um, and yeah, and then just going into, you know, after you uh, retired and like you said, you even, you played independent ball too. And then um, what was, uh, <clears throat> knowing that you love the game and stuff, what was it, how was it like a hard transition to, to retire from baseball? No, it wasn't hard for me. Um, I had some help when it came to an injury towards the last part of my career. I knew I, I had one more season left. Um, what made it easier for my transition more so than anybody else was my motivational speaking career. That was something that I was looking forward to getting in, and I've been pressing, um, growing it hard in the off season, but having to put it on the back burner for the season. I've been doing that for about – because I started my company in 2013 as a speaker. And I stopped playing in 2015. So for two years, I've been not actively growing the brand because of playing minor league baseball. So when I had to make up in my mind, like, am I going to continue to pursue this game? Because every time I pursue the game, I say no to my motivational speaking career and it's not growing. So whenever that injury happened, I just made that executive decision to say, hey, man, this is it. You know, I gave it one, one one good run. One last run at it, my great, my greatest efforts. I accomplished all of my goals. Uh, I'm ready to, I'm ready to move on. So I had something to transition into. Um, so I think that made it easier for me to make that decision. But do I miss it? The only part that I miss, honestly, Paul, is the, is the, is the camaraderie and the BP. Batting practice and the camaraderie with your with your bros, with your boys, with the team. The outings going, you know, going out to eat, going to the bars, going downtown. You know, that like doing that with your team, that's 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 those are memories that's very special. It's like a brotherhood, like a fraternity. So you miss those moments. I don't miss the bus rides because it messed up my back. I don't miss <laughs> I don't miss after you uh, you know, those long bus rides. I don't miss none of those None of those things about it. But at times, every spring training, you hear the crack of the wood. You see everybody going down to Florida, going to Arizona. You know, yeah, I, I miss that. I miss that buildup for, for baseball. Yeah, definitely. And then um, tell me how you created uh, the baseball motivator. Um, as, as, a, as a motivational speaker, I know I needed to take my speaking to another level. And I was... I was mentored by Tony Gaskins and he's a relationships, relationships uh, speaker. And I had an opportunity to open up for him while I was playing with the White Sox in spring training in Glendale, Arizona. And over dinner, I asked him the question. I said, hey, man, how can I get this to be sustainable as far as income goes for me to 
raise a family, start a family, all this kind of stuff. Right now, the little money that I'm making ain't going to be it for me to sustain a family. Like, it's cool pocket money, and it feels great to get it, but it ain't nothing for me to be able to say that this is going to sustain a family. He says, well, until you become an expert, deemed an expert in motivational speaking, you got to find that one little niche that somebody will pay you top dollar to talk about. And I thought and thought and thought, and I knew that I had to be in baseball, but he said, don't stop there. What inside of baseball would somebody come to specifically you to talk about? And um, I said, I have a passion for the mental side of the game. Got a passion for the mental side because I, it was something that I lacked when I played, and I don't want anybody else to miss it. He said, bingo, there you go. That's who you are. Build that out, and that's what people will pay you top dollar for the mental side of the game of baseball. And so I had to think of a name, motivation, mental, baseball, baseball, motivations, baseball, about the baseball motivator. And and that's when I created the baseball motivator brand in 2015. And here I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's perfect. You combine like all the things. And uh, I know you brought up like mental health and stuff and that, definitely wasn't as big as it is now so like how has that even like helped you that you kind of started before um all the now actually like you know people even there's like uh i guess like a stereotype that people didn't like kind of believe in that especially like with athletes because you know they look at them as like superheroes and stuff so like how has that i guess helped you because you were ahead of the curve I mean, it, it, it was good it was needed back then but now more so than ever it's it's really ramped up because people are more aware, you know, I'm, and I feel that that is a lot that has a lot to do with why my brand has evolved and grown and continues to grow because people are becoming more aware of their mental health and more aware of themselves. See, mental health is being in touch with who you are, you know, and running away from it is it's not good for you. You know, everybody deals with some sort of uh, mental health. You know, so everybody does. If, if, you know, if you don't know, then you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. So put your nose in a book, put your fingers on the keyboard, and get to know who you truly are. Yeah, no, definitely. And then, um, <clears throat> like, tell me about, like, you know, you, like you said, you started in 2015. So give me, like, a little timeline of, like, how, like how you start, like, not how you started, but, like, where you started and now, like, where you at today. Like, even, like, you just said, um, the guy Tony gave you advice and then you took it and ran with it. Um, like how has your business grown since 2015? I mean, it's been, it's been crazy, dude. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I guess I could just start rattling off stuff, but um, in 2015, I was the baseball motivator. Right. And I ran that to the point where it started running itself. Um, I ran it for three years and people were starting to hit me up. I didn't have to reach out for any more speaking engagements because people reached out for me to come speak. I was doing camps and clinics. My YouTube videos got pretty big at that particular time. So then that was kind of my marketing. Um, I was in international situations. I, they brought My TBM brand brought me to Switzerland, brought me to Dominican, Canada. You know, it just brought me all around the world. Um, but then in 2018, after I got done scouting with the Cardinals um, and coaching, I wanted to go full time. See, up until that point, even in 2015, I was still looking for work to be able to supplement my income. Um, but in 2018, I decided, I said, man, I think my brand is big enough, especially with me wanting to open up that I can go full time working for myself. 
if I could just really ramp ramp up my work and do what I need to do, I believe that I could sustain myself financially finally. So in three years, 2018, I jumped off the cliff and I started flying, bro. I and I, I I mean for real. In 2018, it was leap of faith. That's why that's what I referenced. It was a leap of faith. You have to take that leap. Um, I had all I had all my wings together. I was looking at them. I did a check. I did a check. I said I so I hopped off and I started flapping. And here's TBM. But at the same time in 2018, um, in 2018, I started the softball motivator brand as well, because a lot of softball families and coaches and parents were like, can you do that on our side, too? Because our girls need the same type of encouragement. And I stayed away from softball out of respect because I didn't want to be looked at as another baseball guy trying to throw them in the bunch and to say, hey, man, it's the same thing. So I stayed away. But too many people started reaching out saying, yeah, I get that, but they need that message too. They need to know about routines, approaches, and what they should do and what scouts are looking for, all that kind of stuff. Just only thing you have to do is just not say boys, just say girls. Don't say ladies. I mean, don't say men, say ladies. And I said, okay, well, if you put it that way, then I guess I can. Um, So I, I started off with the brand and the brand just took off, man. TSM was like, boom, off and running. I got softball organizations say, come on out, join the TSM family. Let's do this. Um, so 2018, then we just kept running the play. I mean, it's just like we've been cramming ISO down the middle as a football analogy. We've been cramming ISO down the middle, handing it off to the running back. We've been getting six, seven yards of carry ever since 2018. So uh, so I'm, I'm, I got Marshawn Lynch running the ball. I'm not going to throw a, a – I'm not going to throw a play action on the two-yard line right now. I'm just going to keep running the same play and score a touchdown, right? Um, but other than that, man, um, now where we're at, I guess it's safe to say now, um, I am a positive rap artist. I do I do music. Um, that stumbled across that, P. I stumbled across that back in 2015. I was bored one day. I didn't want to play Call of Duty. And I've always been musically inclined, but not a rapper. That's somebody else in my family. That wasn't me. But I thought it would be cool to just come up with a song and drop that sucker on iTunes. Um, I did. I put it on iTunes, and I only let the, my followers know on Instagram. That's all I did. I didn't like cram it down their throat. I might have put two posts up about check out this new song, a message to my haters by CJ Beatty. I made it myself, dude, over an iPad. Like, I bought Music Studio. It was $15.99 in the App Store. I created my own music and laid it, went inside the studio, didn't even have the instruments. My man was asking me for the trackouts, and I was like, the trackouts? What do you mean? What do you need to? Yeah, the instruments, like, so I can mix it down. I said, man, I ain't got nothing but the, I ain't got nothing but the instrumental. Is that fine? He said, so you're going to rap over a, I mean, that's fine. I can clean it up as much as I can, but it's just a one track at this point. Um, so I put that song out there, man, and and my followers, I guess, loved it, and the baseball community loved it. And I looked in my back office. My account had just under $1,000 in there in two months. And I was like, whoa. They, okay. Well, if that's, if, that's, if that's the case, then I'm going to get out here and rap some more. And uh, so I just started rapping. Um, baseball music. Now I have some softball music, and ironically, the softball music is flying faster than the baseball music right now. It's my number one and number two song on Spotify. Um, 
So, but but to wrap it all up, man, I, I guess I classify as a serial entrepreneur. Uh, my company has evolved. It's not just TBM TSM now. TBM and TSM are their own brands, and they're called they're they're in the umbrella of the motivator brands because now we have baseball, softball. We're getting ready to introduce golf. Getting ready to introduce football. Um, we uh, Beatty Enterprises now owns those brands. I have a full team. I own a social media brand management company called Socially Global 365. I own a trucking company. Um, and it's, I'm sure there's other things that I'm failing to mention what we do. But I, that's why I call myself a serial entrepreneur, because if it makes sense, I'm running it. You know, I'm running that thing, man. So that's in a nutshell. I know it was long winded, but that was that. that's everything, bro. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, you're an author, too, no? Man, I forgot. I got a, I got a book and notebook out there right now, man, and and it's running pretty good, man. So I, uh, yeah, I'm an author. I think all this is dope. It's like because it's like I like I resonate with it just because it's like similar to like kind of what I've been doing, just like building different kind of brands and things like that, and building my brand, and then like you know putting it all together. Even like I'm still working on kind of like connecting all the dots with all the things I'm doing too, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Kind of just. It's just dope to <clears throat> to see and hear all that, and uh, yeah. that's what I was going to ask you too. Like, are you still doing it like all by yourself, or do you have people working? Oh no, dude! Like everything that I got now, I definitely could be doing it by myself. I got a, I have a beautiful team, man. I have a COO, a CMO. Um, I had to hire an executive assistant two, three months ago. Uh, she goes on flights with me to places to make sure that I'm in order. Uh, I have a media team, media department. I got about three, one full-time, two part-time in the media that's helping me with content when I go places. So, yeah, we got a squad now, man. Hey, you know, it's, it's, it's not it's not that 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 little guy back in 2015 that said, hey, man, I think I want to do. It's like, nah, this is a whole enterprise now, man. Yeah. You don't, you don't have a podcast, right? No, I don't have – well, I had one, me, my wife. And yeah, me and my wife started the Loop Zone podcast over over COVID, like during that COVID area when we was in home quarantine. And I said, I guess this will be a good time for people to just hear me. Uh, so I started I started it then. Um, but then when when the quarantine re- regulations lifted or something like that, um, we disbanded it and got back to our everyday lives. But it was pretty cool. So now what I have with my people to call them a mini podcast on my Instagram page that I'm putting out there, uh, it's been going pretty well. So I'm just going to, I guess I'm a backwards hustle that to build up my fan base for it and then just launch, bam, this is Beatty's podcast. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the, the biggest thing are the clips. So it's like, you're already, that's, that's the main thing anyway. So it's like, yeah, you just have to back do it backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I'm doing it kind of backwards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then uh, tell me about like, I know you've done like a bunch of motivational speeches and things like, is there any, uh, any ones that like stick out? And is there anywhere that you still want to talk that you haven't talked yet? Uh, I had an opportunity where I was in the running. It's crazy. I mean, I'm going to say call it what it is. I don't know why I didn't, but I would love to, you know, do it just to cross off the list. I would love to do a TED talk. I love it. I mean, I was close to do a TED, a TEDx. It wasn't even a TED talk. It was a TEDx. And they didn't select me. I was like, that? Like, okay, hold up. You know, I don't, I mean, I, I didn't think that I had it in the bag, but I'm over here like TEDx is, you know, more local. 
the locals. So I'll say, man, who in the triad within a 30 mile radius did you choose over me? And I think I'm, you know, doing what I'm doing from a professional speaking standpoint. Maybe they didn't want a professional speaker. Maybe they said we wanted a more, maybe my story was lame. I don't know. <laughs> but I was like, dang, when I, when I found out I didn't get selected for the TEDx, I was like, ouch. Okay. Well, I don't know what it was, but I, I would love to do a TED talk, uh, pick of something. I think that's a stage that would be awesome to take to. Um, but as far as speakings, man, I mean, just anywhere, man. I, I genuinely, Paul, I, I love speaking to people and I love, um, helping people be successful. So whether that's speaking to the New York Yankees, whether it's speaking to the doctors in New York at this at this uh, retreat for doctors, I mean, I, I don't care. I just love speaking motivation to people and, and and helping them believe more into themselves. Yeah, no, and yeah, I think uh, uh, I think that's like something like you kind of just reminded me of just like the TEDx thing. It's just like the 30 under 30 thing still kind of got me that I didn't, I didn't get it. Cause like, I just saw some people that I was just like, dang, like I've been, I've been doing this just like way longer and stuff, but uh-huh. it's whatever. Cause it's just like, then that's motivated me more, even though I don't need yeah. motivation, but like, there's still like little things that still motivate me. And like, I, I remember actually I sent you the shirt and the chip on my shoulder. Like, I don't think that's ever going to come off me. Like, no, Jay Z said it best, man. You can't take the hustle out of me. You know, he's a billionaire and he's like, I'm still, I'm always going to be a hustler. I'm always going to grind. You can't turn the grind off. You know, and that chip, you got a chip on your shoulder. I got a chip on my shoulder. My chip came and grew and grew real big whenever the St. Louis Cardinals released me as a player. Like when they released me as a player, I grew a big chip on my shoulder because I was like, you know what? They released a player that the world will never see again. Because I'm gonna come back a monster, and but I'm actually, especially as a businessman, a father, a communicator, and a motivator that I am today, I'm actually I actually owe the St. Louis Cardinals, because that chip produced this mental monster for success. You know what I'm saying? Like I needed that level of adversity to hit me to build this empire that I'm building. You know what I'm saying? Like I needed that punch in the gut. I needed that rug pulled out from under me for me to be able to become the savage for success that I've become because bro, I'm a savage, but it, it but it was kickstarted when I got released unconditionally. I was like, yo, what you're saying? I'm not good enough, but you didn't give me a damn opportunity. But then it's like, okay, that fire, like it was like, seriously, that fire was like, yo, I'm about to go in. And that's, that's really how I get my motivation these days when I'm talking. I speak from that fire, that underdog standpoint, and that's what people go after. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, what what advice would you give? Um, I'm sure you do this all the time, but like, what's your? I guess what's your go to advice for you know kids trying to get that you know D one, D two, D three scholarship? Separate yourself from everybody else, man. And whatever what everybody else is doing, you need to go the other way. You know, create your own path, but. If I had to say what trumps that is my one advice, grow your minds, man. Read books. I know it might not sound the best, but trust me, when you start reading a good book, it's going to be tough to put it down. It's going to become your friend. And then in return, your friend is going to bless you with better vision, better mindset, 
And that's going to in return attract the right people in your life. I didn't understand that until later in my career, but that's why a lot of the success that I'm having right now is coming from mental toughness. It's coming from associating myself with the right people, leadership and reading, growing your mind and all of that, man. Like I'm doing all this with no degree, you know, end up in, I mean, eventually I'm going to become a multi, multi-millionaire, a big philanthropist and give away a lot of money and do all this kind of stuff. And the education is something that I bought at a Barnes and Nobles and what life gave me and what asking questions has given me. They'd be like, oh man, where did you go to school? Yeah. The Streets University, Barnes and Nobles University. Barnes and Nobles. You know, Barnes and Nobles. I mean, I, the library you, you know. Like, we what? need that. We need that Barnes and Noble deal for you. Yeah, for real. Barnes and Nobles University is where I went. God. You ever, you ever seen like the intros in the NFL? Like when they say where they went to college? Yeah, Barnes and Nobles University. You're like, Barnes and Nobles University. <laughs> It's like, yeah, be- that would be awful. Everybody would be like, wait a minute, what? I'm like, yeah, man, they got a lot of educational components. They got different classes in there. They got a cooking class in the back corner. They actually got restrooms with a water fountain back there in the back, too. And most of them have Starbucks in the middle in their food court. I'm dead. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, that's an ad right there. Like, they need to hire you to run that. Like, yeah, you know, imagine you all dressed up serious and you're Barnes and Noble saying that, like just being dead serious. Yo, we got cooking class in the back. Yeah, we, we, we got food over there too. You you can swipe your card. Yeah, just swipe your card. Whatever it is, have Barnes and Noble points. I mean, they have it all, man. And if you and if you get here early enough and nobody hawks, they got a beanbag section for you to be able to take naps. Oh, you go back to kindergarten too. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Um, any, anyway, are you ready for some, uh, fun questions? Yeah, man. What you got? All right. What's your, uh, what's your favorite, th- uh, thing to do when you're, uh, not working? Ooh, I like streaming movies, bro. I like streaming movies and, and yeah, I just love it. Like I watched blue streak the other day with Martin Lawrence. I was like, Ooh, that's a classic. So I love streaming movies, man. All right. Um, who's your Who was your fav- favorite baseball team growing up and player? It was the Yankees, and uh, Derek Jeter was my my guy. Um, of course, when I was very young, you know, eight nine years old, um, Ken Griffey Jr. was my guy. Uh, growing up, you know, hearing people like the tail end of Wade Boggs when I was five or something around that age, Wade Boggs. Um, I think uh, then I was. I remember growing up, these names just growing up, and my dad saying, "Watch these guys hit Jeff Bagwell." See how he crouches down with two strikes, and um, my dad was a big Pete Rose fan. But my my biggest two was uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and Derek Jeter. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> what about uh, is there a ballpark that you haven't gone to yet that you want to see again? Ooh, a ballpark that I haven't gone to that I want to see again. <laughs> Yeah, I Ooh. I want to go to Fenway. I want to go to Fenway. I think going to Fenway will be pretty cool. Been to the New Yankees. I've seen a lot of the other ballparks, but I have not been to Fenway. I've been to yeah. Fenway. It, it's a uh, yeah, it was pretty it was it was cool. I, it's like very very old. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just the nostalgia of growing up, seeing it. And 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 I think but, – but the best time to go to these baseball fields is in the heart of playoffs. You know, and that atmosphere in any ballpark in playoffs is just like – it buzzes. All right, last one. Who would you – let's do – who would you want to do a jersey exchange with as like active player, any active player right now, and then all time? Ooh, oh, I I would love to do a jersey exchange with Mike Trout. I mean, for real, he would be my guy. He was in my draft class in two thousand nine, so I got my Mike Trout story on how I thought he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't good at all. Yeah, I was that guy, but realistically, I was just hating because he went first round in my draft and I got picked in twenty six. Yeah, let's just say I got my pom poms for Mike Trout now. <laughs> and what about what about all time? Uh, all time. The reason why I chose forty four, <laughs> Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron. That's why. That's hammering Hank. That's why I'm CJ Betty four four. I wore that four those fours after him, man. All right, CJ. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you and how they how they could book you? Oh yeah, for sure, man. Come rock with me. I'm on Instagram, CJ Betty forty four. B E A T T Y 44. All you got to do is go up in the search, type C J B E, and when that blue check mark pop up, you already know what's happening. Um, just go ahead and put me on there, man. Follow me. Daily motivation. Um, if you want to book me and learn more about getting me as a speaker, just go to cjbaity.com and you'll be able to click the book, booking tab, and, 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 and one of my representatives will get back with you very soon. 